Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Record That Blood, a music discussion podcast. I am Kevin, and joining me is Patrick. Hey. And Kyle. Howdy. Talking about the eponymous first Glass Beach album by the gla- by the band Glass Beach. Dude, Glass Beach? Not the Gland Bass Beach. That's, uh... <laughs> the first Glass Beach <laughs> album by Glass Beach. Yeah. This was dropped on May 18th of 2019, a passion project of... Mainly three members, but a guitarist that ended up joining midway through the proceedings. But the the main songwriter and vocalist and, I guess, creative visionary behind the project is Shay McClendon. And they are joined by William White on drums and Jonas Newhouse on bass. And both of, those all, both of them also perform vocals on the album. Classic Jay. Classic Jay, who later, or I guess semi-immediately, dies and goes to hell, but we'll get to that soon. <laughs> um, yeah, we could just, uh, initial thoughts on anything pertaining to the album, impressions, etc. This thing is so all over the place, but like, in the in the best of ways. Like, I, I try and like, think of a genre to like, put this into, and it's like, there's definitely a lot of influence from like, emo. But at the same time, if you just like say it's like an emo album, there's so much other stuff going on here that it's like you really can't even just put it in a box. I feel like it's it's just kind of all over the place. And like, in, in a, again, in a really good way, I think it's really interesting how much they do, how much like ground they cover and how different like track by track it just goes like in so many different directions. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I think it's great. I think it really works. Uh, there's definitely some parts of it that I'm like not entirely in love with, but um, overall, I definitely really enjoyed it. Yeah, the stylistic diversity is what kind of drew me into it. Like, it's our it's our first episode. It's like, what what do you pick? Like, there's we we're all like music nerds. We have a lot of like genres that we dip our toes into so it's like oh i'll just pick one that's a lot of different genres yeah, that, just, that'll, just that'll pick do the it. album that is everything yeah even like inside the tracks it'll kind of like spin on a dime like a tempo shift that's like oh now there's synth tones behind it now there's screeching pop punk now there's some weird like synthy ambient something it's really cool mm-hmm. yeah it's like a, it's a nice mixture of like you know pop punk emo prog rock indie pop synth pop it's like every you know that's what's so great about this record you know yeah even like bits of jazz and like really old kind of schmaltzy like chord progressions and movements yeah if you change like five or six things about them the first two tracks would be at home in like the 40s or 50s oh yeah yeah i think the the album format is pretty interesting too like it's about an hour and has 15 tracks in it but the the way that they're sequenced i think adds to the sum of the parts yeah and it's cool with all the like transitional tracks that are um you know they're kind of indicated by like the parentheses around some of the track titles and then like it's it's interesting even just looking at like i have the album pulled up right here and i have all the timestamps right here and um it's interesting because normally if it's like, you know, an album with 15 songs and it it's like an hour, you're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like four track, four minutes every track. But it's like you've got a bunch that are like five, six, seven minutes and then also a bunch that are like a minute and a half. And so it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it's cool the way that like certain tracks kind of frame other tracks and like even like add another layer to them even some of the ones that are almost just kind of like extended intros or extended outros for other tracks it works it works really well i think i think there's a nice symmetry too you got the two like seven minute extended tracks towards the middle both the title track and dallas and then with like that one bridged gap in the middle between the the blood rivers and surrounding them is a lot of shorter tracks on either side but like there's also the I guess you could call the first two tracks kind of like a package deal as well as the the last two tracks between Yoshi's Island and Orchids. I, I, I don't know if it's intentional. Probably is. They seem to spend a lot of time on this album. but Yeah, every, everything seems really well thought out. Like you were talking about the sequencing, you know, the way the tracks are laid out. It seems very, like, uh, meticulous and very well, like, laid out, too, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny because they have um, their record label, Run For Cover, 
they put out a documentary of the making of this album and it's like an hour and a half long oh, really and uh, it's three of the members of the band just sitting on a couch kind of reminiscing about the whole process of making the album and it's cool because uh one of them must have just been thinking ahead as they were working on it because there's a lot of footage of them uh recording and even some parts of it like them writing the songs and like figuring out parts mm. um like the breakdown in uh or not not breakdown i guess uh in bedroom community the part where it goes to just a really fast almost like player piano sounding solo and then like a walking baseline going underneath it yeah they have i love that part by yeah, the way yeah <laughs> they have a they have footage of them figuring out the baseline for that while jay's like playing the piano and then they're like figuring it out hmm yeah, I believe Jay was the head filmmaker behind that, or at least in the credits it was listed as like directed by Makes Jay sense. McClendon. So they're also like multimedia too. It's cool. I think once I discovered that that documentary does exist, it kind of made our job of tackling this a little more superfluous since you can't beat the band's own perspective. But <laughs> I hope we can add some good stuff to the proceedings and at least give a ringing endorsement and or delve into what makes some of these tracks tick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Might as well start with the longest title and perhaps funniest. <laughs> yeah. What, what did you guys think of uh, Classic J Dies and Goes to Hell Part 1? Part with, 1. With no Part 2 in sight or ever. It must be the opener of the second Glass Beach album. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was a good opener. You know, because I, um, like, I, I, I wrote notes on every track here, but... um. You know, it's it's interesting again. Even in the first track, how they if they go right into just mixing genres, you know, all that's and all that stuff, and it gets kind of frantic at the end. It's just such a cool, cool effect moving from almost genre to genre in the same song. You know, absolutely, yeah, yeah, because it's only like five minutes long, but I think there's like there's probably about like four styles and like moods within it where it starts out the really slow kind of grand. Uh, like schmaltzy with the brass and just like the really isolated vocal line and then like the beat comes in and it's such a like almost like unconventional sounding groove when it does come in like the synth Mm -hmm. tones and like the whole groove of it feels like weird but good yeah i'm trying to think of the genre for that when it does come in with yeah it's just it's almost just like electronic funk ish (laughs) but then yeah, and so it stays in that for a bit, and then it gets just ridiculously pop punk by the end, and just like you know, screaming, and like the shout chorus, and oh, it just works so well, and like it builds so like gradually a course across the course of the whole thing, and then like I love this one. This one is definitely like one of my favorites, if not my favorite, off the album. It's just so good. As soon as they get to the um. Have the lyrics right in front of me. The the you, you guys probably know them. The Friday nights, foggy, foggy streets, and Christmas lights wake me up on Saturday. <laughs> grab my hand and blow. Okay, I'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the second that comes in, it's like, oh, okay. I I thought the main drop was gonna be when it got faster and the synth tones came in, but no, we have we have a whole coda. We have a whole oh, shout yeah, chorus. It, it goes. Yeah. I should also mention the music video to this one is pretty entertaining. If it's, either yeah. of you seen it, I've I've never seen the music video. It's really good. I would definitely recommend. Really? It's uh. Is this the only one from the album that has a music video? Code? Calico also has a music oh, video. I, I haven't seen that one yet. It's cute. They have a little um, it's like Jay tries to play a house show and they're like getting booed and then they like see an animated cat on the street when they're like walking home. And then it like there's a whole montage of them like playing with the cat. It's adorable. Nice. Also, big shout out to uh, Tony Sanders on the trumpet for this one. Yeah, this one and um, I think Neon Glow is yeah, also has Neon the trumpet Glow. part in the middle. Yeah, good stuff. Guess we can move to Bedroom Community. Another big anthemic one. Eh? I love the um. We we already mentioned the player piano part. I also really like the the final thirty seconds that like I can't tell if it's a synth or a guitar, but kind of like thins out the texture completely and kind of just stacks some like jazzy chords after the like really anthemic proceedings. Mm, yeah, and of course that's I'd be remiss to not mention the entire rest of the song with it. Again, they do they'll repeat the same melodic material, but it'll be 
the accompaniment underneath will be so different each time. Yeah. Like the way that the songs evolve over the runtime. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting. Like, so even some of like the, um, the background instruments just sound, they almost sound like video game music. Yeah. You know, it's just so, they're so like off the wall in a way. It's just, it just, it complements the main instruments so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, they're just not at all afraid to be like, oh, what if we put like some like chip tune synth in here? Yeah, yeah. do it. And then, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's cool as hell. Mm-hmm. It's great. And it's another one with a a melody that they all shout. Yeah, the group vocals are great. Yeah, this one's another another it banger. It also has that awesome bass line in like the middle of the song. Yeah. It's yeah. Oh, I never forget the first time I, I heard it. It was so great. Yeah, a lot of the bass work on this album is really, really solid. Yeah, it really is. The rhythm section as a whole, because the the drums are also really good. And they oh sound, yeah, the drums the, are I, great. I love the drum sounds on this record too. They sound they sound like so big and roomy in a lot of the yeah. record. It's so it's so, they have just such cool sound. I love it. It's cool too, because in the um in the in that documentary that we were talking about, they actually mentioned that uh when they recorded uh the first track, Classic J Dies and Goes to Hell Part One, uh they were in like some space that they weren't normally like recording in, and they forgot to bring something. So they like they didn't say exactly what, but they had a whole set of like drum mics and then they just couldn't use them because they forgot like some way to connect everything. So they just had to use like the condenser that they were using for vocals and then what other other mics they could use. And so it's just like overheads and like room sounds for like the first track, but it still sounds so huge. Yeah. And like, yeah, it just kind of speaks to their talents as like audio engineers too because i think i'm pretty sure they mixed it themselves too yeah i th- i think they did I, th- I was reading up a little bit about the about the record before uh before we started recording i think that they mixed and mastered the whole thing themselves yeah really is awesome. like a passion project through and through yeah well and they even said they were working on some of these songs for like years i think a good about half the album started as early as 2015 like the roots thereof yeah wow. and Jay Jay McClendon's other project, Casio Dad, there were some, I forget if there were interpolations of a couple of the tracks from He's Not With Us Anymore, which was, the I think, a 2015 release. But, um, yeah, even, like, the, the band forming, like, the grooves that they do, because, like, not that many bands could pull off two tracks of this anthemic and fast right after each other. You'd figure they'd kind of double each other, and the second one wouldn't be as pe- impactful after the giant shout course of Classic J dies. But sure enough, it's just we're rip roaring to go a second time. Might as well get oh, yeah. rid of the thick of it once more. <laughs> it's great, and it's cool. It's cool too because it's like when this is the first two tracks, and then the whole rest of the album just goes in a completely different direction. <laughs> um, yeah, they don't abandon the pop punk, but these are the most overt examples of like yeah. the anthemic shout courses and like the yeah and even and even here it's not like pop punk the whole time as we've mentioned yeah right yeah because it also has another like 40s like jazzy chord progression underneath that shout chorus it's so good it's so like oh it's all over the place and it's like normally when you think of like blending this much stuff together you think it's almost just like when you're mixing colors with like paint or something and you just take all these different things and you just get like a really muddy brown but like they're able to take all these different things and then it's just like even brighter colors yeah yeah not, nothing in the mix is to compete with one another you know ev- everything has its place and nothing it feels like you know they mix all these styles and all these instruments nothing sounds like it's competing nothing sounds out of place that's what's so masterful about it, you know, especially these first few songs, is how well they blend together. Mm-hmm. I was also going to mention the um, the number of iterations of both of the main melodies. The melodies are, like, involved and engaging enough to, like, you can repeat them five or six times and you don't get tired of them. Yeah. And again, speaking to the instruments changing constantly underneath, that that's definitely a good... Yeah, the songwriting is really good. And, like, the, the melodies kind of carry it in addition to everything else that we already mentioned. Yeah, I I think they're, they're really good at taking a theme and doing as much with it as they can with it. Because rather than it's a six-minute song, let's try and fill it up with a ton of different sections. This yeah. this relies pretty heavily on the, here it is again, a hard, that, that main theme, but you do not get tired of it. 
over the course of the six minutes. And it fades pretty naturally into forever question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it does a really good job of like shifting the tone away. And so it's like, you know, obviously when the first two tracks are that huge, it's like you can't just keep that energy up the whole time. So you're going to have like the, the come down track. And I think it's really smart to have an interlude like this, especially with the way that Bedroom Community ends and kind of flows right into it. Uh, I think that's a really good move. And then going right into Bone Skull as well. Like you have a lot of cohesion between those as like, you know, tracks in that order on an album. It works really well. Yeah, it's just a nice, uh, nice, peaceful, uh, melancholy little interlude. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it does a good, like you said, it's a good job of like kind of breaking things up a bit. You know, now it's like, now it's onto the next, the next part of this record. Mm-hmm. And after the the frenzy of bedroom community, it's kind of stripped back to a reverby guitar and only a couple chords. It's smart to have that much contrast, and you you emerge a very different tune afterwards. Like I couldn't imagine jumping right into Bone Skull after Bedroom Community without this linking track. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. Which is what I'll say about a couple of the other linking tracks when we get to them later. Probably. Yeah, even if it was just like the same ideas of forever, but just like, you know, four or eight bars of that at the beginning. But having it extended like this, it doesn't. I don't know. I think maybe the album as a whole is a bit long, but like I definitely don't feel it track to track, you know? You can kind of divide it up piecemeal into like a little, a bunch of like mini albums or EPs. I mentioned like the the divide between the first eight tracks and the last seven. There's kind of a tangible shift once you do get to Blood Rivers. I'm probably doing a little too much extrapolating and uh, I guess foreshadowing and spoilers for the rest Nonsense. of it. But yeah, I think Jay even mentioned that that um, like it gets tangibly more experimental once you hit track nine, and that's kind of cool to have like a front half and a back half, kind of like two sides of a of a coin. Yeah, and it's cool that like the longest song is the one that is the middle. That's kind of like the the centerpiece that everything like kind of flips around. Yeah, and Bone Skull proves that they can tackle a short song and still put plenty of interesting things in there. The um, I was gonna I was gonna gush about the last forty seconds of this where it suddenly there's like that extra like tinny synth line that just kind of comes in and completely changes the mood after the vocoder. If if y'all have thoughts on that or the track as a whole, of well, course. I was yeah, I was yeah. gonna mention the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. I love the um the vocal line at the beginning. That's like the triplets over the rest of it, and like the lyrics there, and like you know after you have these two songs with these huge melodies that go all over the place, then you have a song where the melody is like a pedal tone. It's like so good. It's like such good contrast. Yeah, I like this. I like this track a lot. I like it, and the lyrics are great. The one bit about like, um, you know, making a list of the people that I would help if I myself wasn't helpless or something like that. Oh yeah, if so I wasn't good. helpless myself. Yeah, love it. Yeah, it's it's just so interesting after the you know the frantic couple songs, then you have the you know kind of like that the that soft interlude, and this song starts out very it's very melancholy and it's very you know it's a lot slower than the other ones and it, i feel it's just such a nice contrast and it goes well i love the lyrics too like you were talking about there's not many lyrics in this track but mm-hmm. it just it, again it just shows it shows their range as, as songwriters and oh yeah just the the you know even the production how it how it changes because the first the first few tracks are very um they're very bright and this one isn't there's not as much brightness as again, it's more it's more of like a low key um Yeah production almost in this track, you know. Mm-hmm. I like how they leave us wanting more. I don't know if you two felt this way, but at about two and a half minutes, it, it kind of does its thing and has that little coda that almost could become another song, but they're like, no, let's keep this at about 40, 50 seconds, just kinda like make the appetite like heavy for whatever comes next, kind of like uptick the energy a little bit. I love that they didn't try to make multiple songs here. They just kind of stuck them together and let them kind of sit for just the right amount of time. Because I could see, man, not not to gush yeah, too much about. There's just a lot of really smart, subtle choices that add up to make the whole thing like that much better. I feel like, and that's definitely one of them. 
And that little uptick in energy really leads nicely into possibly the most energetic on the album, or just like raw tempo-wise. At least the first two minutes of Neon Glow sure knocked my socks off the first time I heard them. Yeah. I, I think this is my favorite song on the whole record. It's up there for me, too. Yeah, this is a really good one. Like, the main instrument at the beginning, they're putting this giant pop-punk riff with a theremin. It's just a wonderful combination of worlds yeah, there. I, yeah, <laughs> I was listening to that, and I was wondering if that was a theremin. I was gonna ask. I was actually going to ask you guys if you guys thought the same thing. Yeah, in the, yeah, in the documentary, they talk about it. They showed them, like, really? playing the theremin. <laughs> yeah, again, like, how, how awesome it is it? Is it to put like a theremin in a rock album? Right. Like this, yeah. Know? Especially now, you know, in 2019 when this album came out. Like, it's just, I love it. I love the theremin and in general, I just love the theremin. And it's just, I was so excited when I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> and theremins are so hard to play. Like, yeah. If you're I like imagine playing it. a centimeter off, you change the pitch. You have to like really get the hand motions perfect and that kind of like. That it kind yeah, of yeah, and obviously since there's no frets or anything, there's nowhere telling you where to put yeah where to put your hands like that Literally that would the be the air. hardest part for me, <laughs> you know? Yeah, Good I've stuff. like dabbled with them, and I, we have like a theremin at my school up at MSU, and occasionally we're allowed to just like try and play with it briefly. But oh, maybe I should maybe I convince my school to get a theremin. Yeah, even if just for fun features in Lightning Fast punk songs yeah, right throw throw them on yeah. your pop punk songs <laughs> yeah hell yeah i i i recorded a, a pop punk song la- last semester that would that, that i think that was the missing part in it mm-hmm. yeah i <laughs> adding a theremin always makes it better right it's the sauce yeah no one they don't teach that in school i um i love the guitar work on this one i feel like yeah this yes. this one and then like also the the title i guess the title track um glass beach um all yeah the really fast guitar work the guitar tones on this are so nice when they do those i love them another thing about this track that i love the bass plays a big part in this whole this whole record but this this song in um in particular i feel like the bass is just so much higher in the mix and it just sounds great it just complements the rest of the song so well because that bass is so upfront, and i love it yeah and it kind of Spins on a dime, like just about at the halfway point, to get us into that coda of the another shout chorus. Yeah, <laughs> this one when like really cool vocal harmonies, like the yeah. three part. This there's album so is many, so anthemic. Yeah, yeah, there's so many parts of this where I would just love to see this live to like sing along to all of these parts of these songs where it's all, like all the group vocals. Yeah, it would be so good. Yeah. Oh my god. And then, cold weather. This is definitely a highlight for me as well. It's I such really an efficient like song. song. Yeah. That opening where it's like the da 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 and then like everything cuts out but the vocal is still there and like holding the note. Oh. So good. And then into like the catchiest thing ever. Oh. Amazing. I like it a lot. That verse melody is so sing-songy. It's like Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a very it, that's it, it's a very pop punk influenced type of type of melody yeah. i think this would be right at home in like a green day album like good green day not current green day yeah, <laughs> yeah like, even like but it, it's interesting because it's like that for most of the song and then the end there's that like kind of kind of um there's that guitar riff they play at the end that's more of like an emo type of uh guitar riff just at the very end i'm not sure if you know what i'm talking about but i think so yeah it's like the last five yeah. ten seconds is pretty brief yeah, yeah it's kind of like the like a midwest emo like twinkly twinkly yeah. like guitar at the very end yeah mm-hmm. i love the last word as well just like <laughs> i guess we should keep this podcast g-rated but um, <laughs> yeah, listen to the album then it'll be not it. g-rated yeah, yeah. <laughs> and calico is another great example of contrast one track to another mm-hmm. it's a lot mellower kind of get into this synth poppy almost i don't know yeah this one's interesting this one's like mm-hmm. i don't know if we if we are gonna like you know try and rank these this one's probably not quite as up there for me but it's still nice I, I, i'm still glad it's there um and the music video like i mentioned you see little little cute little <laughs> cat it's great um <laughs> 
But yeah, this one's this one's fine. Um, you know, I mean, not every track on a 15 track album has to be a, a certified banger, I guess. But <laughs> and this one intentionally isn't a certified banger. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, it's still a nice little nice little track here and towards like the middle of the album, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, it, again, it's it's only a 2-minute song, so right. you know, it's so, yeah. Too, you know, it doesn't drag on too long. It's fine. Like like it's not like I wouldn't call it one of my favorites, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. That's where I'm at with it too. I'll, um it almost feels like one of those interludes but with the vocals on top. Yeah, I could see this kind of like being a parallel to Forever Softer. It's definitely the right length to Blood be Rivers. Yeah, like we were saying with um, Forever and Bone Skull, if it went right from Cold Weather into Glass Beach, that would probably be sensory overload, right, anyways. Yeah. So you, yeah, you want some padding. The first few times I listened to this, I actually thought that Calico and Glass Beach were the same song, and it was just like them spinning on the dime two minutes in and just doing a really long, drawn out. They do do that. (laughs) Took me to like my third or fourth lesson to be like, ah, those are two separate songs. It's not just a nine minute behemoth with a really long (laughs) code. (laughs) But might as well talk about the title track, eh, folks? I promise you're not wasting anybody's time. Yeah, (laughs) I see what you did there. (laughs) Yeah, this one's really good. Yeah, it's awesome. I love, this is another one that's like, it's it's more it stays more in the same place than some of the other long songs on the album, but still goes like in a bunch of different directions, like sonically and, and even like, you know, with the like weird key changes and like little interjections of like drums and like all kinds of little stuff coming in and out. Um, and then it's so, probably some of the most emo vocals on the album. Yes. Um, that, that's that's why that's why I put in my notes. I'm like, this is a very emo influenced song. Oh yeah. They're kind of sounding like Gerard Way in parts of this one. Yeah. In a good way. We love MCR here. I, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know so, some music nerds are like poo-poo them, but like we are not three of them. We are three who would not do no. that. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. true. No, M- MCR MCR is awesome. Yeah. I feel like if you if you don't like MCR, you don't you don't pick this album to review. So. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- yeah. There's definitely a lot of it, like a, a little bit you, you hear on uh, on the some of the tracks there's like a little bit of MCR influence on yeah. a lot of these tracks, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, the the verses on this one I feel are very MCR and then the chorus kind of like MCR mixed with like a really weird version of Norwegian wood by the veals with like those triplets <laughs> descending <laughs> like a, a very amped up really emo yes. version of it yeah <laughs> I love it. I, it as soon as you said that it's like yeah it's right there like with the the way the melody goes it's similar contour but very different vibe <laughs> this, love it. yeah I, I think these had I think this is my favorite lyrics of any song in the whole record too mm. this is a, the very personal lyrics on this one are just really incredible yeah i love the line i'll sleep i'll sleep on a million couches if we have to to keep us both safe until we can take back the years they've stolen from us we'll always live like we're hopeless kids it's like hell yeah i feel called out (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, the the lyrics on this track in particular are just incredible i i absolutely love it this is this is again one of my favorite this is one of my favorite um songs I was having a really hard Honestly. time picking favorites from this one because there were a lot of highlights in my yeah yeah I didn't know whether to do like a top five or something but this one's this one makes the cut I'm sure yeah definitely oh definitely yeah uh, it also pulls like a really cool trick with the key signatures because go down a whole step on every chorus just so hit fit it easier in the vocal range but then at the very end it's in the original key that you have in the verses. So it's like D, C, D, C, D, C. And then you finally hear what you've been hearing and see the whole song in D major. So it feels like you're covering new ground, but it's actually where you've been the whole time. I feel like that fits thematically with the lyrics too. Dang. Yeah, that's interesting. Very intelligent. Nerdy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they, they cover it in the documentary too. So I'm, I'm shamelessly stealing from I see, that. Nice. See, I got, I got to watch this documentary now. It's yeah. really good. I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. I'm a, I, I, I gotta watch, I might watch it after after we're done recording here. Mm-hmm. You can put some faces to names. Yeah. And uh, vocalists. Yeah, really. <laughs> but yeah, so then Blood Rivers is basically just like an outro of Glass Beach, but... Yeah, this one doesn't uh, seem as 
thematically tied as um, Forever Question Marks did to Bloodborne Community. Yeah, because I feel like this is one of the only ones where it's uh, like it's a really seamless transition from Glass Beach into Blood Rivers. Like it, it really feels like it probably it, it was probably like the same session, and then they were just like cut it there. Um, mm-hmm. But very solid, very very solid. I could I could uh, I could see it being just tagged on to the end of Glass Beach and Glass Beach just being like almost nine minutes. Yeah, kind of what I was work. saying with Calico yeah. but on the other end. Yeah. But but at the same time, then you wouldn't have all this album symmetry with this like right in the middle. And like, you know, I've I've been working on an album and like doing track ordering. And so I totally understand. It's like, oh, I want this to be like the one right in the middle and then like yeah. have this little tack on here and then put that there. So it all like, I get it. Yeah. And I appreciate you know, it. Pe- people, people really underestimate how important track ordering is oh yeah you know especially for people who listen to whole whole records you know i feel like that's kind of i wouldn't say a lost art but i feel like it's not as important as it used to be back when bands like made records you know it was important to put you know i would have to flow from side one to side a on a record yeah and you know once everything became digital wasn't as important but i feel like you know it's somewhat of a lost art but there's some bands that still do it really well and this is one of them you know oh yeah just how important the whole flow of the record is you know definitely i was gonna maybe do like either a solo video or collab with some other members of the group on just like gushing about specific examples of track orders on albums because it really is it's what can turn a good album into a great album or a great album into like a masterpiece oh yeah raise it up a letter grade if you will yeah there, there are so many albums I've heard that just feel like a collection of songs. And then there are some albums I listen to, like, this is like an album. It's cohesive and it flows and everything. So there's definitely a difference. And I like how they tried. It almost seems like they built the album middle first and then kind of expanded out of it. We were I mentioning the it. symmetry earlier. Yeah. but yeah. I could totally see I it. I think Glass Beach and Dallas as like the two pillars of representing the respective sides. It's just a very smart way to go about it. Guess we might as well start talking about Dallas too, eh? It's a city. <laughs> in Texas. It is a city in Texas. This probably has my favorite guitar sound and riff on the mm. whole. Yeah, the, the guitar work on this one's really good. Yeah. This is see, this song is very it's very indie rock almost, you know, again, changing it up a little bit. Yeah. They they just go all over the place. They even said in yeah. like um are you gonna mention the documentary again, Kyle? I I'm not. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, Jay wrote a thing. I forget if it's in the description of the documentary or in the description of some. I think it's in the description of uh, like they put one of the songs on like their official YouTube, and then like in the description, uh, Jay like had a little blurb there and was talking about how they blend so many different genres almost to the point of absurdity. Uh, just because they can and it's like such a good such a cool way to think about just writing music and like uh you know because it's so hard like going from just writing a song and just having a melody and lyrics and then like figuring out like what sound it's gonna have and like what kind of niche it's gonna fall into and then just basically saying it's gonna be all of them is just such a such a power move and such a um and if you can pull it off like they did, it, it like it works so well. What I love about this one is how unafraid they are to like stay on one chord progression the whole time. Because they, they've shown that they can change things up and spin on a dime. But they really let the groove settle before Jay comes in. Like it's a solid minute and a half of just like establishing that really neat guitar groove. And it the the like subtle synth tones that they add on, I'm thinking right around like the two two and a half minute mark when like there's that and then when Jay goes up the octave on that last I can't recall is like my favorite moment of the mm. album, mm-hmm. and that's like another three and a half minutes of like really good jamming and like mm. this is my favorite track on the yeah. album. I'll just this put that out really there. Good. Yeah. <laughs> It's definitely up there for me. I feel like this contrasts the title track pretty well, too, because that one's lightning fast, super heavy on the vocals, and this one's really laid back, kind of mid-tempo, but kind of lets itself build itself in a lot of ways that you wouldn't expect rather than playing all of its cards on the table and being super effectively fast for seven minutes straight. I don't know. What do do you guys think? Yeah, it's, again, it's like, 
it's a really good kind of transition into the back half of the album because it is like so tonally different even though we've been so all over the place this one feels like it's covering new ground after everything else too and it does i mean it goes really well into uh some of the other stuff on the back half and yeah i it's another one where there's like all those little earwormy thing that you were just talking about it's like they're so good at writing melodies it's it's good yeah, I was even thinking, like, what is the best melody on here? My my knee-jerk reaction would be Bedroom Community, but there's little ones that, like, kind of yeah, on future in, listens make themselves Even manifest. in some of the songs we haven't covered yet, like, Yoshi's Island has so much good, like, melody work. It's like... Yeah, I, I feel like these are melodies that just get, that get stuck in your head for, you know, days after you listen to it. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah, this one's also very triplety in the verses, kind of like a... It seems like a different version of Bone Scholar, like that they're kind of cut from the same cloth, even if they aren't like that similar. It's just like a, a nice parallel between the two sides of the record to me. And how about that Rat Castle, folks? You ever just throw in a fast synth thing? Because they did. <laughs> <laughs> Always pulling out a surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one was like... Much faster than the other interlude tracks, but I couldn't yeah. imagine any other track connecting Dallas and Planetarium because they're polar opposite moods. Yeah, but this this one skyrocketed on my like, not that I ranked all fifteen of them, but it's probably also in my top five. Just like mm. the zaniness and like the the left turn is so Glass Beach by this point. Yeah, <laughs> and the, the the synth tones themselves are very interestingly produced. They don't sound like. They just used a default pack. They they probably manipulated them in some way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They said in the documentary. Ah. Um, <laughs> they did all the synth work on a Prophet Five. Oh okay. I want a Prophet Five. Oh, that's <laughs> so that's why you're mentioning it. I see. <laughs> I like synths. <laughs> you're gonna get your Armada of music gear. Yes, slowly but surely. But yeah, so yeah, that that means, you know, that's like all analog. They're like actually shaping, like doing sound design and stuff for a lot of the synth work on this. So yeah, it's definitely like really intricate and like very well thought out. They're not just slapping some patches on there that exist. There's a lot of subtle things in this one too. Like the, the chord progression is pretty interesting. It also kind of reprises Dallas a little bit, kind of like an extended coda from Dallas, like a little outro to kind of tie a nice bow on what you just heard. Mm-hmm. Is it planetarium time? I think it is planetarium time. This one also takes a while to get going. It uh, does. It's cool though. The vocals are so uh, like affected. Is that vocoder? Yeah, I think okay. it's a vocoder. It sounds. It sounds like a vocoder. Yeah, because I don't think it's like a. I don't think it's a talk box. I don't think it's that. Yeah. Distinct. I think it's. I think it's definitely a vocoder. Right. But then even just like the the main melody line of just Jay singing like the parts that are like in a burning building like those parts it's like the vocal processing on it it almost sounds like the the normal voice is also just very like digitally like manipulated yeah. it's cool it's really cool it's it's not the kind of thing that you would expect to hear on an album that also has uh any one of these other songs <laughs> yeah they're still pulling it, new tracks yeah you know it, it, you listen you know two or three songs ago when they have when they're doing these almost emo screaming vocals yeah you know he's just shouting then you know a couple tracks later there we had this the whole song is just a vocoder yeah you know it's, it's just, so all over it, the place it's awesome and it's awesome because it works yeah that's what's so great about it is that it works. All these little production details and again, that's also with the order of the songs. It just it works and meshes so well. Yeah, because we've been in like kind of down in the dumps with Dallas for seven minutes and then Ratcastle kind of picks things up and this is like, all right, now let's really pick things up. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the most playful one on here in a way. Like the Yeah, and also the, again, like the this is another song where the the bass just is very upfront. It's very in your face, and I love it. Yeah, very catchy with like the when they split the octave on the voice, and it's like not to sing every song on here, but <laughs> nah, it's those melodies, man. Yeah, good. another good melody yeah. it makes you want to sing along. Yeah, I 
there is a clip in the documentary of Jay going like, all right, so the verse is in five and the chorus is in six. And then there's this other part that's like six and four and kind of like a 10. You guys will follow along. It's fine. As, as like explaining it to the other <laughs> band members. <laughs> Love it. Then we have the most excited lowercase soft. soft. Yeah, even like the the song titling is in the format. There's like creativity there. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much personality behind like this entire project. Yeah. Like none of it is like stale. It almost can't be with how many things, you know. Because they all, they always they keep you on your toes the whole record. Because you never know they're gonna do that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Very like chordal, very kind of plotting, but like oddly majestic with the vocals, but not conventionally majestic on this one. Yeah. That's at least the vibe I got, even though it's a little more on the understated side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Our final interlude before the six minute romp of Yoshi's Island. Yoshi's Island. I, I really like Yoshi's Island. It's probably not like top five. I mean, there's so many good songs. It's, it might be like number six or number seven. I didn't actually like do that. I'll, like, I'll expect a, a ranking from you after yeah, we're done. I'll, here. I'll have a memo yeah. on your desk at <laughs> nine tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this one, it's like. The the accompaniment is so playful in parts of it, even though the lyrical content is so like I I haven't listened that closely to the lyrics on this one. But I I like from just listening a bit, it sounds like it's about like um, or you have you have the lyrics pulled up, don't you? I do. Yeah. Hit, hit us with some knowledge. Quote some knowledge. <laughs> There's a lot of. um. Yeah, I'll, I might as well do the uh, chorus first. It was like, I am everything you think about her behind her back, the whole truth. Does it hurt to say who you love her like a son? The world could kill her just because she can't fit in, right? So it's kind of like the... This one's one of the more internal ones lyrically, mm-hmm. even though it's called Yoshi's Island and drops a lot of other like video game mentions, like Spyro and Estro and Vanatu. Yeah. Well, and there's like... There's a lot of stuff about like gender identity. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The verses yeah. And stuff. Not not just in this song. I feel like that's all kind of a theme for the whole for not the whole record, but also other songs on on this record too. Yeah, for sure. But this is this is the one I picked up. On yeah, that, probably no, the definitely most. same here. Yeah, and then even just like again, the really earwormy. I'm never gonna understand. So good. <laughs> so good. Also, like how they wait till like the last 20, 30 seconds to actually put the melody from Yoshi's Island the video game, yeah. like that. Da, 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 da. It's like it's like a quick little tag. <laughs> so you're wondering the whole song why it's called Yoshi's Island at the very end. They're like, that's why. <laughs> yeah, and then the end it kind of gets. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is the one I'm thinking of. Where it it, it kind of picks up at the end and it gets a little more aggressive. At the yeah, end. like the last minute. Yeah, it yeah. kind of gets almost garage rocky almost because it, it's cool. Again, it's just a cool effect. It's like a callback to the first couple tracks. Yeah, really. that also did that. Yeah, yeah. The last min, the last minute of the song belongs on like the first few songs. You know, it feels like it's almost like a re- hey, remember when we were putting that in front yeah. of you? Here's <laughs> that again. That was the first two tracks, and now we're on the last two tracks. Yeah, it's that symmetry yeah. thing we were Symmetrical. mentioning. Yeah. Yes. Speaking was, of the last two tracks, or I guess the, the last, last track. track. Yeah. yeah. It's a solid closer. I feel like after this whole album, it's like I don't even know what I would expect of a closer. You know, it's like because mm-hmm. like what what can you even like do that's going to be like, you know, all that stuff that just happened. This, you know, nice and uh, yeah, it, cohesive. But I think this is yeah. a this is a nice like like parting thought. I think it's really nice. Yeah, I feel like it's a it's like a big ending for the uh, for the record as a whole. Yeah, I feel like it tops tops yeah, off. You've, right you've heard so much stuff. We're in like the last four minutes of an hour long album. They really could pop it off any way they want to, but they they picked another vocal driven kind of like escapist lyrics again, which is kind of one of the themes running through the album. The idea of like the world is a big place, but you can kind of carve out your lane for it for whatever you want to do of your life. I, I think that's kind of a cool way to pop it off the like the blue orchids bloom through the city streets at night into the starlight we call out we're still here can you hear me i don't know it's it's it ties the album nicely up with like a a nice bow that fittingly isn't one thing the whole time but yep yeah you know why why would they why would they do that now they've they've been doing so much stuff the whole time anyways (laughs) beautiful i guess that leads us to our that's that's about it yeah closing thoughts and I can give I can give parting thoughts first. Um yeah, so this 
this album is a journey. <laughs> like it goes so many different places over the course of its hour long runtime. You hear so many things that you just like, you can't even just put a genre on this album. I feel like you have to just put like five. <laughs> and <laughs> even then it's like, there's elements of other stuff in and among it. And it's like something so melting pot like that could easily flop and like not live up to the like, creativity of it that's like bursting at the seams but i i feel like they really knocked it out of the park on this one there's so many songs on here that have just been stuck in my head <laughs> as i've been listening to this prepping to review it and uh i'll definitely be going back to a bunch of these songs in the future even if not just to listen to the whole thing all at once just like individual songs that are definitely going to be like ones that i go back to to just like i want to hear that song again um and yeah this is a great album i think it's very 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 good um i would highly recommend if if you're still listening and (laughs) didn't think you wanted to listen to it now i'm here to tell you you should um yeah so if i were to put a score on this album i think this would get a nine out of ten from me nice I thought it was great. Again, like the the changing of genres, not only for the whole album, just for song by song in the middle, you know, in the middle of one song, you're three different hear three different genres. Um, I think the production was fantastic, you know, again, with the way that they they mixed all the instruments to sound great. You know, it's not easy to mix all these different types of sounds, instruments, and genres and make them sound good and cohesive and nothing nothing competes with each other. And it's just it's just so intricate and meticulous and it's great, you know, for, you know, such a, for a band, this is their debut album, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, yeah, for, for a band to do something like this on their debut album is really, really incredible. Oh yeah. You know, and it just shows the work they put into it and, you know, the lyrics and the instrumentation and the, um, you know, even, even the way the tracks flow with one another. I love it. I still think my, my favorite two songs are that um, what's the name of it? That neon glow and uh, that orchids is my is my second favorite. I think. Nice. That's right oh, too. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that closing track that that closing track really left like a huge impression on me. I think I think that was such an awesome closer. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I loved it. This is one I listened to once a couple when it first came out. Um, so in twenty nineteen, and so I went back to it in preparation for this, and it was just as good listening to it in preparation mm-hmm. for uh for this recording. But um I think I had to give it a rating, I think I give it I'd say eight out of ten. I think it's just I think it's great. I think it's a great debut album and I loved it. I'll definitely be going back to it. Awesome. Yeah. I like what y'all said about the production, the songwriting and the overall format of the album throughout the our hour or so odd minutes we've been talking together. <laughs> Fittingly about the length of the album, I suppose. Uh-huh. And I can echo all of those. I do think trying this many things, so many of them stick the landing because 15 songs, many of them multiple songs in a cosmic sort of way in between. It could have been a train wreck. Like they they put enough effort in to make everything feel like an album and not only just for the hell of it like they they actually had intentionality between every tempo change every genre switch and every individual even like track by track going from say eight to nine nine to ten ten to eleven etc so i will give this i I, when i first heard it i was like a bit overwhelmed and i was probably thinking like in the 7.5 territory because i was like there's a lot of cool stuff but like they seem to be like a little too hyperactive and then sure enough repeat lessons kept creeping it up and i think i'm somewhere between an 8.5 and a 9 on this one i um i'll, I'll round up on a 9 for yeah. now just for just for the fun yeah this definitely <laughs> it, there's it, definitely it, is an yeah. album that needs to be listened to multiple times to get every because there's so Agreed. much in it you need to listen for to sure. it more than once mm-hmm. to really pick everything up because i feel like when i like i with you when i first heard this record i'm like yeah it's like a seven or so and then the more i listen mm-hmm. to it the more i was like this album is really great you know 
Yeah, it's like so so meticulously put mm-hmm. together that yeah, you're you're gonna find stuff. Yeah, and repeat everything is so again so meticulous and it's so well thought out. You know, it's great. Yeah, even like little pockets of tracks. Like my first listen, I only really remembered like the the first couple in Dallas, and then like another three tracks would slot in. It's like okay, I like these now too, and that got all the way up to fifteen on the fifth lenses, and it was like a weird chunk of three yeah. each time. Funny how like these things go sometimes. Yeah. Before we wrap up, one other thing to shout out and plug. Uh, just recently, in the past couple of weeks, they put out a cover of Beach Life and Death by Car Seat Headrest. Yeah. I just listened to it the other day. Yeah. It was awesome. I was not aware. I, I listened to like the first minute of it because, I mean, it's a long song. But um, <laughs> yeah, it exists. And it the, the first minute sounded really good. Um, so, yeah, definitely check yeah, that out, too. The whole too. song is good. Um, but, yeah, I think that will just about do it. Yeah, I can't wait for the second Glass yeah. Beach album. By Glass Beach. Maybe with another Glass Beach title track. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. Should we plug next week's album or yeah, yeah. Like, uh, attractions? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we'll be around. We'll be around. We'll be in touch. <laughs> it, it'll drop. You'll, you'll see it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Catch you next time.